0: Fantastic. Welcome to the end of this series we entitled, The End. Thank you very much. That's my wife, by the way. Do you
1: have a web-enabled phone or mobile device with you?
0: All right. We started this series three weeks ago because everybody is talking about the end of the world. Uh, In fact, it's supposed to happen. December the 21st, 2012, by the way, that's this Friday. So I know many of you have waited, you've not gotten any Christmas gifts yet, because you're just checking it out, right? You're trying to say, how many of y'all, be honest, tell the truth, shame the devil, you've waited and you've not gotten Christmas gifts yet? Some of y'all, all right? And it probably has nothing to do about the end of the world, by the way. Um, as, uh, as many of you guys know, we talked about this the, the first week, two weeks ago, um, that the world is not going to end on December the 21st, 2012. Because the Bible says nobody knows when it's going to end. Uh, last week, um, last week we talked about uh, the book of Revelation. And I had a really daunting uh, you know, goal. I wanted to get through the entire book of Revelation. And, uh, and we ended up doing that. And I encourage you, if, you've, uh, if you want to go on and kind of watch the services or go on the podcast, you can do that. And I do want to welcome, by the way, Many of you out there, all of you who are live, but also many of you guys who have joined us through podcast or through the onechurchmedia.tv streaming live. I was actually watching the stream backstage, and, uh, and it was, it's just really, really cool. So, in fact, I got a good friend here. I don't think he's been to church in a month because he's been going to church in his pajamas because uh, he's been watching church services online. And it was really good to connect with you. You know who you are, by the way. Um, so, anyway, uh, I want to get our big idea today. And, uh, and then I'm just, we're going to dive right in. And, I, and normally we don't have a lot of scriptures we go through. Uh, this series has been a little bit different uh, because of 30% of the entire Bible is prophecy, which means it's talking about what's going to happen. And today is gonna, not going to be any different. There's a lot of scripture today, and I want to apologize. But I would encourage you, if you have your web-enabled phone, you can download um, the free app. Um, it's called UVersion, and you can follow along with us or you can watch on the screens. Here's our big big idea today is this, depending upon what you do with Jesus, everyone will be judged and uh, experienced eternity in one or two different places, depending upon what you do with Jesus. Now here's the thing, we've been talking about the end, but here's the kicker, everybody has an end, everybody's going to have an end. All right? Now, probably for the majority of us, it's not going to be rapture and a lot of stuff that we talked about last week. Most of us, it's going to be what? Death. Thank you very much. All right? Some of you are like, "Uh, you know, I'll never forget when I was going to seminary, and one of the hardest jobs I ever had to do, in fact, I had it for a day, is um, selling caskets. It's a difficult job because nobody can ever picture themselves in a casket. You just don't. Nobody likes going to funeral homes. Nobody likes being around death. But here is, here is the kicker. Everybody is going to die. Everybody is going to have an end. In fact, this is what Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says. Everyone must die once, and after that be judged by God. Everyone must die once, and after that being, we're going to be judged by God. All of us have an end. All of us, we have an expiration date. Some of us are earlier than others, right? And uh, as we kind of go through this, that whole thing, we're going to be judged, that's what we're going to be talking about today, because we're going to be talking about three different things. We're going to be talking about two different judgments, and we're going to be talking about what heaven is like. And that's a, that's a, I get that question a lot, because there's so many really weird stuff out there about heaven. A lot of people believe that you know, when you die, you become an angel. That's not what the Bible says at all. And I know some of you. There's no way on God's green earth you're going to become an angel. So I'm just saying. All right. Let's talk about the first judgment. The first judgment. There's one. There's actually two different judgments mentioned in the Bible. The first judgment, and depending upon what you do with Jesus, is going to be where you're going to land on this. The first judgment is the judgment seat of Jesus or the judgment seat of Christ. Now, here's the kicker about this how you live on earth will determine. How you will be rewarded in heaven. How you live here on this earth determines how you will be rewarded in heaven. That's what the judgment seat of Jesus Christ is all about. So what is it and when will it take place? Well, Revelation chapter 22 verses 12 and 13 says this. Behold, everybody say that next word. Behold, I am coming soon, Jesus said. And what what will he do when he returns? He said, my Reward is with me, Jesus said, and I will give to everyone according to what? What he has done. Exactly right. So the judgment seat of Jesus Christ is all about what you have done. It's about your works. It's about how you live your life. Only people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ will be at the judgment seat of Christ. That's huge. Now let me tell you, what will they be judged on? Not their sins. Let me be very, very clear about this. If you're a Christian, you will never, ever, ever be judged for your sins. You want to know why? Because your sins was placed on Jesus, and Jesus was judged for your sins. That's a big distinction. Let me give you three quick verses. This is what Hebrews 10, 12 says. Christ, however, offered one sacrifice for sins. How many many sacrifices did he offer? One. An offering that is effective for how long? Okay, for some of you, you're like, okay, Jesus, you know, when you prayed to receive a prayer, or you went down front or whatever, that Jesus paid for all of your past sins, but not your future sins. That's not what this verse says. That An offering that is effective forever, and then he sat down at the right-hand side of God. That's huge. All right? Let me give you another verse. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 21. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Somebody better say amen on that. If, you're, if you are in Jesus Christ, your sins are never counted against you. Why? All right, look at this. And he gave up this wonderful message of reconciliation for God made Christ, who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right With God through Jesus Christ. If you can imagine this, there was an exchange. Jesus, no sin, perfect, holy, he's awesome. And then there's me. Then there's you. We've sinned, we're jacked up, we're really messed up people. But if we call on Jesus Christ and we ask him to forgive us of our sins, guess what? An exchange takes place. All of our junk, sin, mess goes on him and all of his awesome righteousness holiness gets put on ah, right gets put on me and you that's awesome so when jesus looks at you and god looks at you he doesn't see man you really are screwed up he doesn't say that he's going i see jesus because that's what it means to be a christian that's huge so let me be very clear none of us are qualified for heaven it's not because of what we do or how awesome we are. How many times you go to church or how many times you put money in an offering bucket or how many times you, you know, follow the Ten Commandments. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with trusting and believing in Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Now look at what Romans 8.1 says. Therefore, there is now, come on now, there is no condemnation for those who are who? Who go to church? Is that what it says? No, y'all getting good with this, all right? For those who are in Christ Jesus, that means God will not condemn you. You will not be judged according to your sin. So that begs the question, if we're not judged according to our sin, what are we judged for, right? If it's not how many times you said, you know, a four-letter word, if it's not how many times you went over the speed limit just while driving to church, come on now, uh, if it's not by how awful you treated your spouse or this, like that, then what are you judged for? Those who are Christians, those who are Christians, it is very important to know that although our works, our deeds, what we do, does not qualify us for heaven, the way you live does determine how you will be rewarded in heaven. We are judged by what we do after beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, let me dive into this. this by the way, this view... It's found all throughout the Bible. I'm going to have to fly through this. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the what? Judgment seat of Christ. There it is. That each one may receive what? Is due him or her for all the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now that right here, leave that up if you would, that verse. That word, judgment seat of Christ. Let me give you the Greek for that because it's really cool. It's called bema. Everybody say bema, not beam me up, Scotty. Bema. Now let me tell you what a bema seat is. All right, a bema seat is was used by a referee in the in the Greek Olympic Games. And what would happen is this this person, this ref, would be up on the bema seat, and he could see everybody on the track as they're going around. He could see if somebody kind of got out of bounds or this or that. And the entire point of the Bema seat, somebody could see, and they could see how well a person has run their race and who finishes. And then after that, after the race would be done, they would get down from their Bema seat, and they would say, okay, you got first. You got second. Chris, you ran the race last. All right? I I can live with that, right? But that is what this referee on the Bema seat, this judgment seat, would do. Now, here's what's so cool about this. We are, we're going to be up in heaven immediately after the rapture. And during the tribulation, we talked about this last week, get the podcast. While all the bad stuff's going on here, all of us are being judged up in heaven in the judgment seat of Christ. And in this thing, people, uh, you know, people are realizing, okay, Jesus is rewarding. You've done a great job here. And you did a great job here. He's going to be coming to us and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. He's going to be uh, just handing out crowns. Really, really awesome. In fact, let me show you another, a couple of passages of Scripture that this is in. I've got to fly through this. I apologize. Um, it says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. And Paul is writing this, and he's talking about you've got to be careful how you live. And he illustrates it to a building. All right? You are God's building. By the way, huge thing. All right? Uh, the, the, The cool thing about this is we are the temple of God We don't have to build buildings There's nothing wrong with building buildings and churches and all that But what he says here is you are God's building You are God's building because of God's grace, Paul writes To me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder Now, quick question, what's the foundation? That's Jesus Now, others are building on it But whoever is building on this foundation Must be very careful For no one can lay off any foundation other than the one we already have. And who is it? Jesus Christ. There it is. All right. Anyone who builds on this foundation may use a variety of materials. And then he lists six. Gold, silver, and jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Leave that up there if you would. How many of y'all want a little bit more gold, silver, or jewels? Tell the truth, shame the devil. Come on. How many of y'all want more wood, hay, or straw? We got tons of that, right? We got tons of that. All you got to do is go out in your backyard and there's leaves and there's sticks and twigs. Let's talk a little bit about. He, he lists six different things you can build on and you can really break it up into two different sections. One is valuable, one is not so valuable. All right? What's the difference? All right? Well, again, wo- uh, gold, silver, and precious jewels, they're valuable. Uh, it takes some time to acquire them. Um, they're, they're just not laying on top of the ground. You don't go out in your backyard and go, oh, look, there's some gold. What do you have to do to get gold? You've got to dig. You've got to dig, 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 a little bit of snow white. You've got to dig for gold. That, By the way, that wasn't in my notes. Just saying. Uh, You've got to dig for silver. silver. There's jewels in the earth. But wood, hair, straw, they're common. And it doesn't take any work to get them. It really doesn't. Now, let's get in this. Another big difference about gold, silver, precious jewels, wood, hay, or straw is if you get them close to fire. If you get gold close to fire, what happens to gold? Is it still gold? Yes. It melts it, it purifies it, but you still got gold. You can reuse it. You get silver close to fire, is it still silver? Yes. It purifies it, and you can mold it. You get wood, hay, or or straw close to to some fire, what you got? Uh, You got a bonfire. And and what happens once, you know, the fire ends? You got anything valuable? Nothing. Nada. And look at what it says. Verse 13. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work, that's what we're doing, each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. That's, uh, by the way, if you're, doing, if you're doing what God wants you to do, you're going to get a reward. But look at this. But if the work is burned up, the builder will what? Suffer great loss. We're going to talk about that. But like somebody barely escaping through a wall of flames. Some, of, some people are going to be up in heaven smelling like smoke. And it's not because they were, not that. It's because they got in by the skin of the teeth, all right, we'll keep on going. All right? Um, walking. Well, that's it, that's it. Here's the cool thing about this. They will suffer loss. By the way, this is in heaven. How many of y'all have ever heard the whole idea that there will be no more tears in heaven? Great song, really bad theology. Because I believe there will be tears in heaven. This verse right here says that you will suffer great loss. In fact, let me just... Revelation one four says he will wipe every tear from their eye, right? Now, quick question, if he's going to wipe tears from their eyes, what, what has to be there? It's crazy. I think, and I'll be honest with you, you know, the whole idea, you know what, if we become a Christian, we can just do whatever we want to, these verses blow that out of the water because there will be a reckoning. Now, it's not, you know, whether you get to heaven or not. That's already solved. You're going to heaven. But let me tell you, when we get to heaven, some people are going to be rewarded. Some people are going to be getting crowns. Now, and some people are going to be going, huh, ain't that something. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to be, man, I, what, why did I waste my time? Why did I waste my time on her? Why did I waste my time on him? Why did I waste my time purchasing that, getting that, getting so consumed and focused with stuff that really doesn't matter? This verse blows all of that away that you can just live whatever, whatever way you want to. Yes, you're getting to heaven, but I think there's going to be a lot of people. Let me tell you, I believe you know, when we get to heaven, we're just not going to be sitting around watching little fat cherubs. You know, doing harps. I don't think that at all. The Bible doesn't teach that. In fact, the Bible teaches we're going to have different jobs in heaven, and it's going to be dependent upon what we've done here on earth. All right? That's huge. Some of you are just like, i got to have a job in heaven. Yes, you do. Now, again, think about this. Before, you know, um, and I'm, I'm getting off track. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, before sin enters the world, God had already given Adam a job. There's nothing wrong with jobs. In fact, I would want to have a job in heaven. If you're a guy, I mean, we kind of we're kind of focused that way. If you're a lady, you just don't want to just do nothing but watch fat cherubs, right? You want something to do. That's huge. All right? Now, now here's the here's the problem with this. It's because I want to talk about all of this. What we've talked about this morning is what you do with Jesus. It's going to depend upon which eternity, which judgment you're going to. And we just talked about the Bema judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ. And what you do after you become a Christian will determine how many rewards you get. And some of you are like, you know what, okay, I, okay you're thinking this way. I'm going to get all of these rewards. I'm going to have like a, a wheelbarrow, and I'm going to start bragging to people. Hey, you see what I got? You, you, did you see this crown I just got? This is the fascism. I don't know if you can say that in heaven. Um, but, I mean, this is awesome, Right? And and some people are going to be puffed up and bragging, and other people going, hey, I guess you really jacked up, did you? Let me tell you, that's not going to happen in heaven. Because here's what it says in Revelation chapter 4. It says that everybody in heaven, when they get their crowns, when they get the rewards, you know what they're going to do? They're going to lay those at the feet of Jesus. Because we realize that none of us are worthy. Because of the crown that he wore, this crown of thorns, that he died for our sins. There's not going to be any pride in heaven. There's not going to be a, hey, do you see what I did? It's no, do you, do you see what Jesus has already done for you? All right? Now, let's talk about heaven for a little bit because there's so many misnomers, so many weird things about heaven. You know, all dogs go to heaven, you know, um, just like heaven. I'm trying to think of all these different movies and all this. What's the one with uh, the dude who played in the little house on the prairie? Thank you very much. All right. Very painful for me. All right. Anyway, what are we going to, are we just going to sit there on a cloud and play a harp with a loincloth, dear Jesus? I mean, are are we going to, what are we going to do in heaven? Well, in Revelation chapter 21, by the way, get the loincloth out of your mind right now, just take it away. Revelation 21, 1 through 4, talks about what heaven's going to be like, three things. The first one is this, God is going to establish a new heaven and a new earth, He's going to establish a new heaven and a new earth. This is what it says in, in Revelation 21. 1. Then I saw heaven, a new heaven, and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth, what? Had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. What happens? God establishes and creates a brand new heaven and a new earth without the curse of sin, and, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, so there was not going to be any, uh, you know, bad things happening on this new heaven, new earth. And in fact, it says this in the next one, you're never going to suffer again. You will never suffer suffer again. That's a second characteristic of heaven. This is what it says in revelation 21, four and five. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are what gone forever. For those of you who are hurt right now, and you need to know, this new heaven and this new earth, if you're a Christ follower, there will be no more pain, no more suffering. If your body is racked with pain, never again. If you have headaches, never again. If you have AIDS, never again. If you have diabetes, cancer, never again. There's no more famine, no more sickness, no more war, no more divorce, no more loneliness. No more school shootings. You know, when I I heard this, many of the kids that were killed were the age of my young son. And it just makes you thankful, doesn't it? So many people are asking, where is God in all of this? God is the very same place he's always been. You see, it's amazing that we always have a tendency to blame God for a lot of stuff. But let me tell you what God did for us when all of this stuff got started is he gave you and i a choice and we can choose either good or we can choose bad and the reason why all of this happens all of this bad stuff happens is because god loved us so much that he gave us a choice to choose. And here's the thing that same choice to choose good or bad, evil or God, is the very same choice He's giving you and I today. Because here's the problem. The third thing is it says this before I get to the problem, you will be with God forever. This is what it says in Revelation twenty one three. I heard a shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now where? Among His people. And where will he live? He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. So many of us, we look around and we're like, man, is God real? How come he just can't be here? There will be a day when he will be with you, and we will be with our God. Now, here's the problem I alluded to earlier. is for most of us, especially most of America, we believe that heaven is the default destination. We believe that all you have to do, there's two prerequisites to go to heaven. you got to be human, and you got to die. That our default destination is heaven. And, I, and it kind of goes something like this. You go to a funeral, and uh, it's Uncle Joe. It's your Uncle Joe, Uncle Jim, Uncle Buddy. All right? Not Buddy the elf, but Buddy. And uh, he's there at the funeral. The, uh, some preacher gets up and says, you know, you know Uncle, Uncle Jim, you know, he was a great person, He lived a good life, it was a full life, he wasn't really a church goer, he really wasn't religious, and, you know, he did some good, there was that one time he did that really bad thing, we're not really going to bring that up, Um, but, uh, you know, he's with Jesus now, he's he's in a better place now. And let me tell you, that is a lie. I did a funeral not too long ago, I won't go into the details, Um, but this individual was not a Christian. It was obvious. What hope do you have? Let me tell you, none. If you die without a relationship with God, there is no hope. The default destination is not heaven, but it's hell. And if you're not a regular churchgoer, if you're not a Christ follower, some of you are like, time out, Chris. You know, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair. Why would God send a person to hell? And let me tell you, this has nothing to do about being fair. Quick question. We just talked about the school shootings we know that the, the gunman killed himself. How many of y'all want justice? How many of y'all think justice should be done? I want justice for that. Somebody took an easy way out. And I, 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 you, know, you, you want somebody to pay for that, for retribution. How, how good of a judge would this judge be if somebody did something horrific like that and the perpetrator lived and we said, let's just get them off scot-free? Would, would that be good? No, it would not. We want justice. And let me tell you, what, the whole purpose behind all of this is, you know what? Yes, we are sinners, and the justice we should receive is for us, all of us, to go to hell. If we, if we want fair, that's what fair is. Let me tell you what's not fair, is when a God became a baby, the first coming, and lived a perfect life without any sin and said, you know what, even though I don't have to die, I choose to die because I want people to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. That's not fair. That's called grace. And I'm glad that it's not fair. Now, let's talk about the second judgment because it really goes in with this whole default destination. The second judgment that we found in the Bible is a judgment we call the Great White Throne Judgment the great white throne judgment. And let me just be very honest, Christians will not be there. All right? So great white throne judgment, if you're taking notes, are Christians going to be there? No, they're not. This is how the great white throne judgment is described in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. It says this, I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. In other words, those who were significant and even the seemingly insignificant all throughout history, throughout the world were there. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to... To what, for what they had done as recorded in the books. And here's the important part anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown where? Into the lake a fire if anyone's sins were not covered by Christ if anyone had not called on the grace of God if anyone was judged by their works alone and not by the perfected work that Jesus did on the cross if their names were not found written in the book of life he was thrown into a lake of fire and that is the default destination that is the default destination that is good news that there is no justice that there is grace because uh, What justice, what we should all deserve is none of us are deserving of heaven. Now, as I close, let me say this. I want to talk to two groups of people today. I first want to talk to Christians. Because for us, we're not scratching our heads going, where are we going to spend eternity? Because we know. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and we believe in Jesus, we've asked Jesus to forgive us, and we've received his grace We know where we're going to spend eternity. We know what judgment we're going to be at, the judgment seat of Christ. So the question I'm going to ask is not, where are you going to spend eternity? No, no, we know where we're going. The question I want to ask you is simply this. Are you living for him every day? Are you living for him every day, or have you become distracted? Let me tell you, I I said this all throughout this series. There are three things that are eternal. God, God's word, and people. That's what's eternal. The rest, it's going to go by the way of the dodo. It's going to burn. It's not going to matter. And when we get up into heaven, and when we are judged, we're going to be judged by how, how much time did we spend with God? How much time do we spend in God's word? And how much time do we spend telling other people about God? Let me start with the God and God's word. Let me tell you, one of the things that, and, and I, I had a couple last year, and, and, um, who kind of said, Chris, you know, we're just not getting anything out of your sermons. You're just not deep enough. And I always, that always just, just pierces me, because I want people to read the Bible. So you know what? <laughs> I spent, and, and our staff, we got together, and we said, you know what? We're going to spend more time going through books of the Bible this year than any other time in the five-year history of our church. And we went through seven books of the Bible this year, and the person who told me that still left the church. You know what that tells me? You know what? If you're here wanting to get fed only by me, and and, and for you not to like read the Bible for yourself every day, you're not going to be fed. You're not. Jesus could be up here speaking to you, and I'm not even close to him. But Jesus could be up here, and if you only listen to him one time a week, you're not going to be fed. Just like if you only eat one meal a week, and that's a Sunday morning good meal at Cracker Barrel. Dear Jesus, right? Just saying. I mean, chicken fried chicken, mashed potatoes. How many of y'all hungry right now? I'm just saying, all right? And, and, you, and it's a big one. It's good. And then you push away on Sunday, and you go, I'm satisfied. I'm, I can't eat another thing until next Sunday. You know, let me tell you how long that's going to last. About 12 hours. Because in Monday morning, you're going to be going, like, oh, I'm hungry. And, and, and if we only ate once a week, our physical bodies would not be healthy. Let me tell you, we have a spiritual body, and when we only eat once a week, it doesn't matter how bad or good the food is, if you only eat once a week, it's not going to fulfill you. That's key. So I would encourage you, spend time in God's Word every day. And there's some days you're going to just read it, and you're going to go, I didn't get nothing out of that. That happens to me all the time, and I'm a preacher, and I just go, I'm going to keep on reading, all right? And how many of y'all ever done exercises, and you, you, you know, you did your reps, you worked out for an hour with a trainer, and then you, and you look at yourself, and you go, I don't look any different, <laughs> right? I've been working with the trainer, and I, I go, and for an hour, and I, you know, I would pump and everything, and I'm looking at myself and going, dadgum, gum, What's happening? right? You don't do that. It's consistency, right? That's what it is with the Bible. He'll go get me preaching. All right, second thing is this. It's, it's, it's spending time with other people, telling them about Jesus. I want to show you a, a video before we're done today. And uh, it's by a guy by the name of, of how many of y'all ever heard of the comedy team, uh, Penn and Teller? Anybody? All right, cool. Um, Penn Gillette. He is an outspoken atheist, very much of an atheist. He, I found this uh, video on YouTube. Somebody shared it with me last week. And, uh, and you know, here's the thing. He's, he's talking about something that happened at the end of one of his magical shows. Somebody comes up and gives him a Bible. And he uses kind of a different word. He says, they were proselytizing me. And what that just means is he was, they were telling them about God. He was sharing their faith with this outspoken atheist. And let's listen to what uh, Penn Gilles has, has to say about this.
1: I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, uh, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks and you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position. After I was all done, big guy, probably about my age, big guy, and um, he had been the um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so we had the props from that in his hand because we give those away. He had the. The joke book and the the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, eh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, He wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said, "Um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. And and he was very complimentary about my use of language and... um, Complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff, and then he said, "I brought this for you," and he handed me a uh, Gideon Pocket Edition. Um, I thought I said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? uh, Psalms from the just part of the New Testament little book about this big this thick he said I wrote in the front of it and I wanted you to have this I'm kind of uh, proselytizing and then he said I'm a businessman I'm, I'm sane I'm not crazy and he looked me right in the eye and did all of this and uh It was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive. And he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. But this guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on. And then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that, Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man, and uh, that's really important, and with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man... That was a good man who gave me that book. That's all I wanted to say.
0: You know, I think we need to have a lot more good men and women who are not willing to be distracted by everything else, but are willing to leverage their relationships and their influence that they have with people that they hang out with, people that they go to work with, people that maybe even some who are in your family. And yes, it's awkward. Yes, it's scary. Yes, you get butterflies in your stomach. I still do. But did you hear what he said? How much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about that? So my challenge to you, very simply, if you're a Christ follower here today, I'm going to ask you guys to turn down the lights. Um, but uh, I'm just going to ask you this. For some of you you have been distracted for some of you you have been struggling for some of you you have gotten off point point. and my challenge to you today this morning whether or not the world ends this friday or whether or not the world continues to go on for another thousand years i believe that all of us will have an end and if you're a christ follower If you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, if you've asked Him to forgive you of your sins, my challenge to you today, this morning, is: How many of you, you would be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to stop being distracted. I'm going to stop getting off target. I am going to stop all of this stuff, and I am going to start living for Him one hundred percent. If that is you. I'm asking you, nobody can see you, I can't even see you, I'm asking you to stand up. As you're standing, let me pray for you. Dear Father, I pray for these men and women, many of them who are standing up and saying, you know what, I have been distracted, I have gotten off point, I have missed the mark on so many areas and I know I have as well. And Lord, for this next year, and not even then, for this Christmas season, I am going to spend more time on things that are eternal. I'm going to spend more time building my relationship with you, Heavenly Father. I'm going to spend more time in God's Word, Jesus. And I'm going to spend more time telling other people about you. And that's my prayer. You can be seated. Now, Still in the attitude of prayer. Let me say this. There are some of you here right now, and you're just uncomfortable. You kind of went through this, and you don't really quite understand it all. It may be a little weird, and I want to say, yes, it is a little weird. But the end of the day, we will all have an end. And for some of you, you're like, you know what? I've been going to church. I Maybe I went to church. Maybe I got baptized when I was a baby uh, through all of this stuff. But if, if I were to really ask you one-on-one, that if this was the end coming up, or if your end even came sooner than the twenty first, you really wouldn't know where you would spend eternity. you really would know you, 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 you you maybe have some hunches, and you would go back and say, you know what, I, I've been a good person, and you know what, I've, I've done the whole Ten Commandments thing, and like I said, I've been baptized, I've even done the whole church thing, I've done religion thing, and all of that stuff, but none of that saves anyone. None of that guarantees your location to be heaven, because everyone's default destination is hell. So if you're kind of living with this unease right now, it could be that God is working on you even right now. That he's, he's trying to speak with you because He loves you so very much. And He's saying, you know what? This could be the day. This could be the day when you know that you can have eternal life. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12 says this This is God's testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask everybody to pray. Everybody to close your eyes. Nobody looking around. And if you're one of those just uncomfortable people in here, that's like, you know, I just don't know. You can know if you have eternal life. But what it's going to take is you being real with yourself and being real with God. That you are a sinner, you've messed up royally, and that your sin will lead you to a default destination. And it's not heaven. But if you call on Jesus, if you ask him to forgive your sins, he will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you will be forgiven Forever. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You mean it? Don't, it's not magical words. If you mean this, you pray this with me. Dear Jesus, Lord, I know that I am a sinner. I know that my sin is deserving of death. But right now, Jesus Christ, even though I have a lot of different questions and I don't understand it all, the one thing I understand is this that you loved me so much that you gave your one and only son. And Lord, that if I would believe in him, I will have everlasting life. That's what I pray right now, God. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I ask your forgiveness of my sins. And Lord, I need your righteousness. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer You have started on a relationship with him, and I would encourage you to see me, see one of our staff people. This is Joel back here. Come up here, Joel. That way you can see who he looks like. Find somebody that you can be able to tell this to. We give away Bibles. We'd love to give you a Bible and start getting you on your next steps towards him. But if you pray that prayer, if you've got any other questions, come and talk to Joel. Come talk to me, because we'd love to be able to speak with you. Thanks, bro.